Welcome to the Art of Intention podcast with Beth and Ayla, two best friends turned creative entrepreneurs. This is a place for us to discuss everything business, friendships, and faith, and occasionally more. We're so excited for today's episode. We think you're going to love it. Stay tuned. Hey friends, so good to have you all back on the show again. It's your hosts, Beth and Ayla, and it's another amazing Monday over here. Today's topic is one that has been on our hearts for a while now, and we think it might apply to most, if not all of you listening today. Yeah, today we are talking about knowing whether you're genuinely maybe angry or having a root problem in your life, or if you're just stressed and overstimulated. And not to say just to minimize it, but more so... I guess I would say, do you find yourself lashing out at the people around you, the people you love, like your family or your spouse more often during high stress times? We want to talk about it and give you some of our advice on how to acknowledge that. Sometimes long-term, more chronic stress can hide itself and you might not Mm. even know it's there. So today we want to talk about identifying it and combating it. Exactly. As two business owners, and lots of you listening are probably business owners yourselves, we can relate 100% to going through times of like overstimulation and stress, especially like seasonal stress. Um, like what we talked about in our busy season episode, uh, it comes in waves, you know, comes in seasons. It's very likely that you may snap at the people around you. And if you're married, that'll be your spouse in high stress times. So something we want to talk about today is that over time, it may feel like you're angry at the people around you, but you might not be. It might just be that you're stressed. So not only do we want to talk about acknowledging and identifying stress, but then we want to give you the tools to help you navigate that and overall overcome your stress. Yeah, we are so excited to jump into this topic. But before we hop in, here's a message from one of our sponsors. We want to take a quick second to introduce you to our sponsor today, Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a hydrating drink mix powder that hydrates two times faster than just water through the use of electrolytes and its cellular transport technology. In simple terms, that just means it's an easy, convenient way to stay hydrated. Keep your immune system strong with Liquid IV, a drink mix that helps you stay hydrated while you're busy or on the move. We love how convenient these are, and they honestly taste really good too. I've used a few different brands before Liquid IV, but we think that Liquid IV has a solid science behind them, and honestly, I also love their flavors. They have so many different flavor options like strawberry lemonade, lemon lime, pina colada, watermelon, tropical fruit punch, you know, lots of stuff like that many more. They even have a sugar-free version that's peach flavored. Yes, they're so delicious. And just one pack of liquid IV in a 16-ounce water bottle hydrates you twice as fast as just water alone. And you're also getting vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. We're going to be talking in today's episode about stress and your personal health, and vitamins play a huge role in that. And liquid IV has three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks, and you can trust that it's been made with premium ingredients. Liquid IV also part with leading organizations to help communities protect their water. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in over 50 countries around the world. Beth and I have actually both been on multiple missions trips, so our hearts are really big on helping others, and we love supporting companies that show they want to work to make the world a better place. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code INTENTION at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code INTENTION at liquidiv.com. Okay, so Beth, let's get into it. Uh, I don't know about you, but something I'm really working on 
with myself uh, in life, uh, over the course of life, but it, definitely this year too, is not being so quick to stress. I've kind of always been fast to feel behind and to feel stress. I don't really know when that started, but I, I'm pretty easy to stress <laughs> out. So it's kind of easy to start. I think the way that it really comes out for me is I start like disregarding the people around me because of it. And of course, you're married, I'm married. So Chris, my husband has to hear like 99% of my stress and like why I'm stressed and is kind of like hearing just yeah, hearing about it the most. So I know we've talked about this a bit and we both kind of have like stories that go along with it. Um, and it's something you're working through this year and in life as well. So let's like get into stress and when we noticed it was more than just like oh haha today's a little crazy i'm stressed out and like a problem that had to be acknowledged like let's 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 dive in love it yeah absolutely um i mean yeah i i agree i've had quite the journey with stress and i'm actually excited to hear your thoughts on this too um so to summarize for myself. And I say summarize, but take that loosely because it's kind of a, a long story. We've got a lot to say, guys. We're, we're going. Yeah. But okay. So I first started feeling real stress, kind of like you said, no longer just like, oh, this is kind of stressful, but like real stress around senior year of high school. And then my life took some turns as I left for college that caused me to be in a state of constant chronic stress, which is what I'm going to really be focusing on today. Um, but the interesting thing about it was that I didn't think I was stressed at all. I was so stressed that I thought I was stress-free. Oh and I'm, so I'm hoping that sharing what I'm about to say will help someone else right now who is in the same boat as I was. So basically what happened was all in the same year, I moved away from home to go to college far away from my hometown. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer. My dad got his first big heart attack. My parents announced their divorce and I was like trying to live on my own. That was like oh in gosh, a matter of months, right. all that happened at once. Yeah. And then, and of course, like being away from home, I was all alone trying to deal with that. Well, I had chat, but you know, it's not the same. Um, looking back, of course, this was going to cause some stress. Like, yeah, and you're like, I, you're like, I'm great. <laughs> Like, well, exactly. well, in the moment, I thought I was doing great because yeah. I wasn't having meltdowns. I wasn't having panic attacks. I was doing great in my classes. I literally thought I was immune to stress. And I know right. that sounds weird, but in the moment, I was like, I don't feel stressed. So anyway, so over time, though, here's what happened. My whole personality changed. And this is where I really learned about stress. I became constantly angry, very snippy, easily annoyed, easily angered. I started thinking maybe I had like anger issues and like anger management issues. Um, and at 19 years old, I was getting horrible ulcers, which you should not be getting ulcers so young. Like that just should not right. be happening. Um, so like in one year, I became honestly so unrecognizable, like personality wise, but because I wasn't having identifiable feelings of stress, I thought I wasn't stressed. I had experienced stress before, like in jobs or in school. Like, so I knew what that momentary feeling was of like, oh, kind of getting like a little bit stressed, slight feeling of panic right. when things get busy or you're missing like a deadline. Like, like a normal it. amount. Yes. Yeah. So I, I understood what – I thought I understood what stress felt like and I wasn't feeling those moments of those feelings in my life. So people like my mom or Chad or, you know, I think even my in-laws would kind of ask me like, well, are you stressed? Like – and I would pause and I would think about it and I would say, I honestly see – why I should be stressed or why I could be stressed, but I promise I'm not. Like, I'm just not. I don't feel stressed. Like, I don't feel stressed. Right. And it wasn't until someone pointed out to me, and I'm going to be honest, I can't remember if it was my mother-in-law or my mother or maybe both of them, but someone pointed out to me that they think I might be in a constant state of stress. 
And this was mm. the first time I really heard this. Um, and so it, I was able to start thinking about it differently. And it's kind of like, you know, how would you know you're stressed if you're in a constant state of stress? If you're never out of it, you won't know the difference. So it's like the analogy of like a fish in water, right? If a fish is surrounded by water, if they're in water, everything they do is in water. Do they know they're in water? Like I know it's maybe that's weird mm. or maybe that makes sense to somebody. That that analogy makes no, sense. No, I oh I totally yeah. get you. Yeah. So the exercise that I tried after hearing that was to think back on the last time I was clearly and vividly at peace. Um, so trying to, and I, re well, so I realized that the last time I was truly not stressed was like around junior year of high school. I think I was hanging out with my friends. It was like a day at the lake, something like that. And I was able to remember what it was like to not be stressed. And mm -hmm. I realized how incredibly stressed I actually was. And from that wow. point on, any time that I would have like a momentary lapse of stress and I'd be really peaceful, which was so rare, it's such a distinct feeling for me because that's just not something I ever feel. I never feel not stressed. So, okay. And man, obviously this has not been an easy problem to unpack. This like stress became my constant state of being. It shut down my emotions or it controlled my emotions. It prevented me from feeling happiness. It prevented me from feeling regret. It prevented me from feeling like any kind of like logical feelings, which of course I know we're going to go into this further down the episode, but I was just like in a constant state of survival, I think really is what it was. And the unfortunate thing about chronic stress is that it can become a habit for your body. Yes. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. like, exactly. <laughs> so once the cancer was gone, once I was comfortable at college and being on my own, once my dad was healed, I was still stressed because my body had decided that it was going to use stress to safeguard me. And it's wow. been a long process of learning how to undo that. And the first step, which is why I want, I'm so glad we're doing this episode right now and I'm hoping it'll help somebody. The first step is just recognizing stress because I truly don't feel stress like, mm -hmm. like a lot of people do. I'm not going to say like normal people or like most people, but like a lot of people do. Um, I can't tell when I'm stressed. I honestly, I just can't. The only way I can identify it is by seeing how I start treating others. And when like my emotions start to get more numb and like you were saying earlier, kind of like the overstimulated, over, you know, over anxious. Yeah. That's how I can find out I'm stressed because there's no other way for me to figure it out. So. It's like outward with you. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Or maybe oh I'll get ulcers, but just, yeah, I don't feel stressed. Right. Do you remember – Oh my gosh. So I, I like roughly knew that about, well, I knew yeah. like everything you were going through at that mm -hmm. time. And I think I remember, yeah, you being like, but you know, it's happened. Like it's out of my control. What am I going to yeah. do? And I was like, wow, like how maturely she's handling this. But do you remember like that was around the time we talked about this, like in our friendship origin story. But do you remember how around the time we started to like fight, which never happened yeah. in our friendship? Yep. Like that's also something you notice. Yep. We never fought like through high school and stuff. Never fight now. Like running the podcast together. We're both nope. like business owners. Things are busy, but still like I was thinking about that today, actually. Like we were figuring out some podcast stuff and we just figured it out. Like yeah. both had ideas and we were like, yeah, like let's go. Never fought. But there was a portion of time. And granted, I'll get into my you know, my timeline too, because I also wasn't doing very well during this timeline, but there was like a year where we were fighting. Yeah. And that makes so much sense now that you would handle it outwardly. And then, and then when I'm stressed, I can take things very personally. So it was just like the perfect storm kind of. Oh my gosh. I, I didn't think. No wonder. Either. 
Yeah, now you, that you bring that up, that had to have the been sor- the source of the bad time. <laughs> no, honestly, because yeah, like Ayla was saying, we did not fight. We just did not. Like elementary school, high school, we never fought a day. Our biggest argument until we started having fights um, during that one year was over a strawberry. I think remember it was how yeah, you cut a strawberry. It was and that so was a dumb. joke argument. Like that wasn't even real. That was yeah. funny. But that was our only. Argument. Yeah. So the minutes that we like really started disagreeing on stuff kind of intensely, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, whoa, this is like crazy on both our ends. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. But that makes sense so much because yeah. I, I, my timeline's pretty much exactly with where where yours is at starting a little earlier, yeah. like more in high school. But that is so crazy. How can it affect friendships? Because for a while I was like, like, what is this? What is going on? Like it can be scary when it affects friendships that are really important to you. Yeah. So I love what you said about like figuring out how to recognize it because you might not realize. And then a couple of years go by and exactly what you said, you're not who you think you were. Wow. Yeah. That blew my mind. That alone, that alone is crazy. Cause kind of when I was first writing this episode, uh, I was like stress. Okay. Well, like busy season for photography is right yeah. now. That usually stresses me out. And it's true. Like I've had a busy couple months and it's definitely going to be stressful. But I definitely think that is more surface stress of like, I've got work to do. I've got to do it. Um, my first, I'll get into this. My first busy season was not that. That was insane. Like that was, that was stressful. <laughs> but now it was like an amount of stress I've prepared for. But hearing you say that kind of made me think of my experience with like long chronic stress and it definitely started in high school so I'll just like jump into that if that was yeah. like yeah if that's like a good point because uh for me it definitely manifested like physically but again I didn't always know but I started to get really stressed physically and I think I think my parents listen to this podcast so if they do hello don't worry about this I'm like good now so you don't because <laughs> like I don't know if I really communicated to a lot of people how stressful the last year of high school was for me especially like especially senior year specifically in the United States like because I live in Canada now and I talk to a lot of people and their last year is like not as stressful as ours was because um schools in the states do kind of different things especially our high school specifically um yeah did you know like you know how we had to do a senior project oh yeah did you know like we're one of the last schools in California who does it no that intensely yeah any that thing so yeah all that to say um yeah basically high school was really hard for me um academically like I was a smart kid, sure, but stuff like science and math was it was harder for me. Like, I was not a 4.0 student by any means. And my parents never pressured me to be that. You know, they just wanted me to pass. <laughs> you know, they were like, we just want you to get through it. Yeah. And again, I could go off about this, but the way the public school system is set up to, is like, if you're not good at math, you're going to fail. Um, and math had enough credits to where if you failed math, you were like, oh, you're not going to graduate. And guys, my math is embarrassing to this day. Like I can do enough math to get through my job. Like um, there's some numbers to run with editing and like some minor accounting that I have to do. I can get through that, which, you know, suck it math teachers who said I couldn't, but um, (laughs) (laughs) straight up. But uh, school was getting really academically stressful for me. And I would try so hard, so hard in math and then like still get a failing grade. And when I say failing grade, I don't mean 60 out of 100. I mean like two out of a hundred. It was embarrassing numbers. And that was another point adding to my stress was like people were finding out that I was having to like retake math or they would see a test score. I actually had one teacher like set down a test once that I'd failed again, embarrassing failing numbers. And he set it down and went like, 
Ayla. In front of everybody. Um, And I was a senior in high school in the class with like 15 year olds at that time. Like it was so, so that was like really hard. And I started, um, like I said, it really would get like physical. I'd walk into math class and start just like trembling and getting nauseous because I knew I was going to take a test that I was going to fail no matter how hard I studied for it. Because it's not like I wasn't trying. Like I was trying so hard to get it. And uh, I, I had really bad test anxiety all through college, even if it was a topic I knew. I remember taking a psych class that I knew backwards and forwards, um, but I sat down and still was just like, <gasps> like, that's just always. So anyway, um, yeah, end, end of high school, uh, last year of high school. And there's also another class that our high school had that was specifically all about being like a senior in high school. And I don't know if this is real or not, but that teacher also kind of like hung over your head if you didn't pass an assignment, then you didn't pass that class, and then you didn't get to graduate. So there was like so many factors of like, if you fail this, you don't get to blah, blah, blah. Like so much more pressure than high schoolers need to go through. Yeah. Um because I remember going to college and college was like not stressful <laughs> for me right. because I, because I found high school so stressful. Uh, towards that last six months or so, I started – my hair started thinning. Like mm. just not like an intense amount but like the front of my hair started thinning. And yeah, certain classes um, really were making me like nauseous Wow. before class. And – I was so happy when high school was over. I was so happy when I finally graduated and I've never been academically stressed like that again in my life. Like went through college because college is more self-paced too. Like you can kind of do what you need to do and, and less weird pressure from teachers. But the next time I felt like that was in a job that I took that I've talked about on the show before, but um, a job that I took around this time last year that was about a six-month experience of the first time I've been chronically stressed from a job. Because mm-hmm. um, like I said, editing's been stressful before, and I work usually in customer service, and that's been stressful. Like, But that's, again, like you said, short-term stress. Like, oh, yeah. a restaurant gets busy. You handle the rush. That's stressful, but it goes away. And then you go yeah. home and you have the rest of your day. But then I took on this job that was, like, coming home with me and waking up with me and – that again it was manifesting physically i was waking up trembling uh getting nauseous before work i was throwing up before work uh and like skipping meals because of stress like and like what you said about how your body remembers that yeah it was weeks after i quit that job before i could eat breakfast in the morning because i got a habit of like not eating breakfast and granted if i wake up at six i can't eat right away anyway like that's just normal but like uh it took a couple weeks before I could eat breakfast again without wanting to like puke because my body remembered that in the morning. Even when that job was over and I was away from that situation, it didn't last forever. It only took like a couple weeks for me to like, oh, okay, like I can I can eat breakfast again. But it's like what you said, your body will remember it. So those are like some of the times I've come out of it. And now like the stress that's present day is just my business. But looking back at what chronic stress looked like versus now it's like yeah I go through a stressful few months but it's definitely like it ends it goes away it doesn't make me feel that same way you know yeah that's a super good point I love that you pointed that out that like chronic stress will do these things to you and you really do it's interesting that you really do feel your stress in such a strong physical way and you start seeing like physical changes and physical effects to you um and like yeah that it affects you super strongly that's that's so good to know that that's also like that if you feel like well and something else yeah strong yeah 
Yeah. And it does also kind of go outwardly too. That was, sorry, the last point that I had with it was um, kind of how, what it happens with now with my business is I give myself like an endless to-do list. Even if the list does eventually end, I'll keep coming up with things to do. So the way it goes to other people is I can't do that right now. I'm busy. I can't do this. I'm busy. Like I can't, I don't have time. I don't have time. Even if I do have the time is kind of like it, that's something that's an easy place for me to go, but I'm trying to take steps to like not be that way because yeah I don't I don't need chronic stress in my life anymore and it's never been as bad as it's been in the past like at least not not presently in the last few months but I could see very easily that happening again because I'm so easy to be like I can't do this I don't have the time I don't have the time when I'm like literally the only one putting these standards on myself so yeah it's like it's definitely I'm working through it currently but not nearly at the level of uh, yeah relearning how to be like you said, out of high school, out of college. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, so quick question. I know we're going to be talking in this episode a little bit about like overstimulated and stressed. And like everyone knows what we're talking about when we say stressed. But like can you share what you – when you're talking about overstimulated, what do you mean by that? Because that can mean different things yeah. to different people. Yeah. Well, I'll preface. I first off think I want to clarify the word overstimulated because it can have very serious implications with actual mental health. Yeah. Like – um in situations like like autism yeah. or um, uh, sensitivity in kids, either like under or over sensitivity. So I do want to clarify, I don't struggle with it in that sense. Like yeah. I understand that that, that means something um, for people. What I mean with overstimulated is, yeah, you've got a lot, like I call it, imagine like open tabs on your computer, like 20 open tabs, and then music starts playing off your computer and you cannot find the tab where the music's mm-hmm. like playing from and you're just like, blah. Yeah. That's kind of how it can feel for me. Sometimes I know... Again, I'll talk present day. Sometimes I know I have an editing queue of like three weddings and I know I have to get that done. But then um, like, you know, a tire goes out on the car and it's like, okay, I got to take care of that today. So that takes away from time that I can be working and then I have to feed myself and then, oh, my bed didn't get made this morning. And like, you know, that's kind of what it is for me is like the more stuff piles up my ability to handle it separately yeah. just goes away. Then it just becomes this huge wall and I can't pick one task to do. It's like they all have to get done and I can't pick. Yeah. Is, is kind of what I was what I register that as. So yeah, that's very similar to the way I think of it too. Cause I was gonna say like for me, overstimulated just means that like everything sets I sets me off. Yeah. So everything yeah. sets me off because I'm just to that level of stress. It's kind of like a And then your husband straw. who's so nice to you is like, hi, how are you doing? And you're like, quiet. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? like final yeah. straw kind of like I, uh, it's reached enough things to where now everything's going to set me off. So I, that's yeah. when I say overstimulated little things like get yeah, like music or loud noises, like when you get to that level, and it's a very momentary thing. Overstimulation is very momentary, I think. That doesn't, yeah. 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 That's a good point. It goes away eventually, but when you're in it, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. 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 It's like when chronic stress reaches a certain level, or like if you're in a day with a lot of stuff to do and one thing kind of breaks the, like one straw breaks the camel's back, then you reach overstimulated. Like it's a level and a moment that you reach, in my opinion, what we're talking about. Anyways, yeah, I can definitely relate to what you were saying. Um, And I know you and I have both really been working on it this year and just in general, of course, but like forcing Mm -hmm. ourselves to say like take a weekend off or go on a date midweek and in general just put work aside now and again so that we can enjoy time with our spouse or with our friends or just with ourselves and relaxing. Um, Yeah. it's something I've been working on and hopefully hopefully improving on. Um, with the industry we're in, there's always going to be those times where we have long-term stress. That's just like the fact of the job. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, in today's topic specifically, we're talking about identifying if you're in a period of long stress, because like Beth and I just shared, we didn't always know right in that moment that that's what we were going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of you might be there right now if you're in the industry we're in, if you're a business owner in general, or, you know, if you're a human existing because life is stressful, how can that like affect our mood outwardly? And then what is there to do about it? And then from that point on, we'll be talking about eliminating some of your stress through mindset, through business changes, and kind of get actually into like some of the nerdy stuff, like health, exercise, chemicals, hormones, like all of that is stuff is stuff that can contribute. So like actual outward changes you can make in your life and then changes to yourself, like your actual your actual um, mind and body. Yeah. Love it. That sounds great. All right. So let's start by talking about identifying your stress really quickly. And obviously in our personal stories that we just told, that might have given you a clue already, um, but let's just dive into it. So this may sound funny when you hear it, but you know, you'd think you'd know when you're going through a stressful period, but this may not always be the case. Like we spoke about earlier today, and like I said, sometimes the first signs of stress aren't the feelings in our gut that go, oh, I'm stressed today. I'm stressed right now. Sometimes it's you lashing out at loved ones or being easily annoyed or overstimulated. Maybe it's you getting an ulcer. Maybe it's, you know, hair thinning. It can be so many things that are a sign of stress before the feeling of stress. Um, So you may be going through a time where you think you're angry at your spouse and you may be acting angry towards them, but what you perceive in the moment as a legit reason to be upset may actually be your inability to cope with a minor annoyance due to stress. So what we mean by this is you may be quicker to anger because you're in a high stress time and you may be overstimulated and little things may set you off more. So today is all about figuring out if you're stressed and if so, how you can work to reduce your stress, even if you can't reduce your workload or reduce what's making you stressed. So kind of finding a way to work, to live with it and work around it and kind of have your reaction and stress still be good. So we're going to make sure we share some advice for trying to stay kind and patient with others, even while you're stressed. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm so excited to talk about this too. Cause I think it's so, I think one thing I've talked about before in jobs I've had before is like being stressed and I've had bosses and people tell me like, yeah, like that's how it is. Like if, if you want to do anything, you're just going to be stressed. And it's, it's true. Like I want to say like, I don't want to say that my goal is to just not be stressed because that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. For, so for some people it might, and you know, go off, good for you. But, uh, you know, generally if you're doing things like business owning or starting a lot of things or, um, working and working your way, you're working your way up in work or whatever, like stress is just a part of life and it's going to be there. So I don't want to sound like five steps to make stress disappear. Yeah. That's not more so like it, but identifying that you're going through it and then things that are definitely controllable and actionable in your life. Cause I think another part of my stress comes from lack of control. I, like control is a big one for me that I didn't realize all the time. You can imagine the pandemic was great for me when everything was just like out of control. I really had to learn how to just like embrace that. But anyway, all that to say there's controllable things in your life that can eliminate your stress. So that's kind of what we're, what we're going over today. But I think the way that that happens for me, it's, it's kind of like this. Uh, I'm going to summarize how I'm handling it right now, present day. Um, Cause we talked about the stress I've gone through before. So like right now, present day with like handling my work and general stress, it really heavily involves um, my marriage because that's the number one thing that stress can affect. So that's kind of like my perspective on it today. But um, I tell Chris pretty much everything about my business, the good and the less good. He's a great listener, willing to listen. He's got really great advice. So I tend to really like share a lot of what I'm dealing with at work with him. But after a while, 
I'll notice that my only conversations with him are about my work, not his work, but like my work, how behind I am on my editing queue um, to any of my photographers. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, how behind I am on my editing queue, maybe feedback I receive from a client that makes me a little nervous and um and sometimes positive things. Oh, I just made this update to my website. I did this. I did me, me, me. And I have not asked him a single thing about what he did that day. And can you, like, I can imagine if he came home and did that to me and like, didn't check on me, I would be like, why aren't you talking to me? But like, I'll so easily kind of do that to him. And this also comes out in situations where maybe we agreed to have a date or to go on errands together. The more I get stressed, I start getting into this zone of, I can't, I don't have time. I don't have time. I can't be having fun right now because I have things to do. I can't hang out with you. And Chris is a quality time person through and through. So even though that's my stress reaction, it can get hurtful because sometimes I'm very aware it could feel like I'm telling him I'm too busy to spend time with you, which is not true and not what I want to communicate, but that's what ends up happening. So the minute I find myself saying like, no, I don't want to go out to eat. No, I don't want to go grocery shopping. That's when it's time. Like, something's got to change and I either have to like force myself to get up and go out of the house because it's usually what I'm worried about isn't that bad and Mm -hmm. I do have the time to do it but um that's kind of like what I'm navigating at the moment and getting better at day to day and it changes week to week sometimes I'm really good at separating the two and sometimes it's easy to go back into like no I'm too busy no I'm too busy you know so definitely still working through it but that's how I know that yeah, something's got to give. Yeah, that's such a great point. Wow. I'm so glad you're talking about the marriage perspective because if you are married, stress is going to affect your relationship with your spouse so much. So that's good. I think that's good to talk about that. And if I'm being honest, my stress does come out with Chad as well. Like that's, he's the person in my life, the main person in my life. So when I'm having these angry moments or when I'm getting overstimulated or snappy or you know, annoyed easily, it does come out and affect him. And like for me, like I said, my stress is usually more hidden on the inside. So I, it's really easy for me right. to slowly over time become a person I don't want to be <laughs> like around Chad. And um, like I'll do things like I'll get upset really easily if he doesn't pick up after himself or I'll get overstimulated by the smallest things like too much mess or loud noises annoying me more than they should, um, which we live in a city too. So like loud noises are very much a thing here. So like if I'm really stressed, I'm going to be angry a lot because there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so it's, it's oftentimes me getting really upset about stuff that isn't usually a big deal. Or if it is a big deal, like I don't handle it with as much love and grace and patience as I would if I wasn't so stressed. Right. So with our story set and kind of like what we're going through right now, it goes to show that stress and how it comes out to the people around you can really look different on everybody, which is crazy. I wish there was a formula of like, here's what's happening. Here's how to fix it. But yeah, it totally can come out in different ways and different levels. Like, because isn't it? Okay. Do you also find like, there's like no distinction between like the little amounts of stress and the big ones. Like there might be something actually important for your business. Like for you, Beth, a bride is like, well, like. I don't think this has happened to you, but say you sent a gallery and the bride is like, what did you do? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Garbage. You know, that Gar- would be a big deal in, in your bed. <laughs> it would never best, like the best photographer in the world. So no one would ever, no one would ever, but I'm saying like, that would actually be a situation that you'd have to handle and be like, okay, like this is, this is a thing to feel an appropriate amount of stress about, but imagine that feeling. Um, I know there's a lot of photographers on here. So like, imagine that feeling like someone's just so unhappy. You'd sink. 
now imagine the same thing happens <laughs> when yeah like your bed ended up not getting made the same amount of anger being like Wah. that's like what i find it can be and then that range is different on everybody so right. it's just like yeah it's well, just crazy i was gonna say that right there is how you know you're overstressed when little things yeah. set you off as much as a big thing should you're overstressed in general it doesn't mean that one thing sets you off like that it means you're overstressed so good point yeah, and it can look different on everybody. Maybe, like I said, you get snappy. Maybe you want to just huddle up in a room and just work. That's me. Maybe you become avoidant. Maybe you close your computer and, like, go on a road trip and ignore all your work and you're like, I don't know. Like, it, it could totally change for everybody. So identifying what it looks like for you and when it's happening is crucial. Then, okay, let's say you've identified it. Me, I am stressed. From there, you have to make steps to correct it. And it starts with the decisions you make intentionally. Yeah, exactly. Intentionally. <laughs> All right. Love it. So let's talk about stress and how it can affect your body and your actions. So I did a deep dive into the science behind stress hormones in our busy season episode. So make sure you give that one a listen because it really talks about how stress straight up causes problems for you physically and mentally, especially long-term stress that you experience a lot. In a nutshell, stress decreases your immune system and decreases your ability to cope with emotions. And of course, it also decreases your happiness. Yeah, it, it can really be a scary thing, honestly. And like, I don't know if it's because of my experience in school. But like I said, I can just be so quick to stress, which is something I'm working on and finally finding some progress in actually as of this year. But it's so easy to cloud my judgment. Like I was saying before, my mind literally goes into life or death over the smallest things. And I'll start to communicate that with Chris. Like I'll tell him, I'll be like, I know I'm thinking about this as if like, life or death and I know it's not you know and like I have to like kind of come down and when I say life or death I seriously mean like you guys think I'm joking but it's like I cannot focus on anything else until this problem is solved because for me let's say I have to deliver a gallery back to a client late uh at the beginning of my career I would panic I would get so upset um, and I would worry that they would fire me, they would hate me, they would blast me online, all to learn that the situation was fine because I would send it back late by a day. <laughs> and they were like, great, I didn't even realize what day it was. Thanks for getting this back to me, you know? Yeah. But I, yeah. And I would shift this energy right onto Chris and be like, this gallery is late. The client hates me. I'm so behind. I'm going to lose all my clients. I'm going to lose my job. You're going to lose my job. We're going to lose our house. We're going to starve. Is like, wow. <laughs> And not every time, but very honestly, sometimes, um, and again, the client wouldn't tell me a thing. I would put this all on myself, like, as I was sending it, maybe two days late, I'd be like, this is going to happen, and I'm going to lose this, and then that's going to translate to you, and you're going to quit, and you're going to be mad, and, like, we're going to starve and be on the street is always oh kind of, like, God. the option I end up at. I know. Oh. I love that for me, and it's so easy for that to happen, and uh, I really need to acknowledge that not only is that not happening, but, like, and everything's beyond fine. I actually had a moment like this yesterday, not that bad, but uh, where I wanted to just like spiral and be upset about everything around me. And Chris and I were actually about to go see some friends. We do a Bible study with friends once a week. And that was last night and we were getting ready to go. And I told him, I was like, I can't make it tonight. Like you just go. And we have a very big rule about work, not being more important yeah. than church. Uh, and, but last night I was like, look, like I, I just need this two hours. Like if, if you're gone, I can just do this. And then we can like, whatever. And Chris was like, no, no, no. Like you're coming to Bible study. Like just, just, you know, you're going to be fine. I went, hung out with some friends, 
like unwinded and like had a good time, got into our word and talked for a bit. And on the drive home, I was like, well, I feel so much better. I am so glad I didn't skip Bible study. Oh and Chris God. was just like, <sighs> he was like, I know that. <laughs> He's like, I, it's almost like I knew. So, and it's funny how much smaller that problem became. I just got back from Bible study, sat back at my computer, finished the task that took me about 30 minutes to do that I was yeah. so stressed about and moved on with my life. It was crazy. And so sometimes stress is legitimate. Sometimes there is an actual problem that I need to solve or like an actual deadline or timeline that I need to meet. And the stress kind of powers me a little bit like, all right, let's go. Time to get this done. But most of the time, it's something like that, where it's a task that'll take me about an hour. But if I can't get it done right in that hour, I freak out. But then I go do something else, come back and do it, and I'm fine. So, but oh, that's what I was going to say. Times like that really make me want to change because can you imagine having that thought process like all the time, every day? Your mind and body were not designed to think like that, cannot think like that. And it is not good for you to think like that for months and months at a time. Exactly. Oh, man, that's such an important point. And it really speaks to the truth of not letting your panic take over and not letting your stress take over. You have to pull yourself away from your problems sometimes to be able to handle them. You know, like you said, small stress is motivating, but if you start spiraling, then you need to unplug and you need to pull yourself away because it will make your problems seem smaller. That's one of the ways that pulling yourself away reduces stress. We'll talk about how it physically reduces stress, but it also just reduces stress because it makes your problems seem smaller. You can handle them better. Of course, there's going to be stress in life. And as a business owner, that's straight up part of the deal you made when you decided to start a business, but it doesn't have to control you. It doesn't have to control your marriage or manifest itself into a place where you're hurting the people that you love or hurting yourself. So the first step is identifying what your stress looks like and then making the decision to work on it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it it is a decision. We talked about this before. Changing habits like that in your mindset is a decision. You're not just like – if you're experiencing stress like what Beth and I are talking about, it – sorry, it's not going to just like go away because your circumstances change. Like it's going to have to be like, okay, I don't want to feel this way. So keeping in that spirit of taking control of your stress, I fully believe in confronting it before it starts. Again, in this episode, we're kind of talking to those, we're talking to everybody, but for those in a similar industry to Beth and I, so photographers, wedding vendors, editors, and the like, any entrepreneur, business owner who can generally predict a busy season in whatever that looks like in accounting around tax season, like whatever, if you know a busy, stressful time is coming up, that can really help. I know this isn't always possible, but I think it's safe to say that a lot of us listening um, understand when a stressful time is coming up. And that helped me a lot this year, actually. Um, This is my third year of being a business owner. And for the first two years in my business, I was not ready for busy season. I was actually my very first busy season um, because I launched in July and I started getting kind of busy in October. And I just thought that's because my business had been out for a while. I didn't realize it's because that's when photographers are dying and like need help with their editing. So I started getting clients and I was like, woohoo, like, look at me go, which is great. I actually still have a lot of those clients that I made at that time today. So it was like me and my work and actually like doing a good job in my business. But it was also photographers needed editing at that time. So I just kept taking everybody on because I had just launched and I wanted clients. So I was like, yep, I can take you on. I can take you on. And then suddenly, yeah, I've got like 10 weddings in my queue. And they're all different styles that I'm yeah. learning. Like I did not prepare myself for that at all. And I was like, oh, and I didn't even think to communicate communicate to Chris what I needed at all. Like 
because I thought this was just the work I had right then. I had no idea that I was in like a busy season. So I dropped housework. I dropped cooking and cleaning. I dropped the gym, dropped going on dates. Like I was like work all the time, like wow. forever. That happened with my second busy season too. I knew it was coming. I, I knew it was coming this time, but I still just dropped as many things as possible. I thought that it was like, all right, busy season's here. We're doing what we did last year and I'm becoming workaholic and I'm dropping everything again because because it's busy season now like I knew it was coming um but that's still not great I still like it's still so not sustainable yeah to go through that way so this year this year uh June I actually reached out to a lot of my clients in May and I asked about their spring and summer editing um what do you kind of have coming down the pipe and not to like I didn't my plan wasn't to like turn away any work. It was just like, what do I have coming so that I'm prepared? So I got a general list of what people had. And I learned that I was going to have a very busy June and July, which came true. June and July has been crazy for me, but I knew because I asked. So the minute I kind of got that rough schedule, I went to Chris and I was like, hey, just so you know, June and July is going to be crazy. I might have a bit of a break in September and then fall is probably going to be even crazier um, during this time. I'm going to do my very best, but I might need your help around the house. I might need yeah. your help with dinner. Um, I might need to plan dates a little bit more because I can't be as spontaneous. And like, that's what the next few months are going to look like. And it still doesn't change that I've got a lot of work to do and it keeps me busy and there's a little bit of stress, but that alone, instead of being caught off guard has taken so much off my shoulders. So all that to say, like confronting my stress before it started saying I am about to enter into a stressful few months here's the help I need to get through it so much better like this has been my busiest season yet and my least stressed out season yet that's so amazing oh my gosh that's awesome and like totally made me think and realize that's a great way for somebody who like me doesn't feel stressed when it's coming on so I have to find ways to tell myself that I'm stressed so that I can make actions that change how I treat myself and treat it. Yeah. That's yes. a great way. If you yes. go, I'm about to head into a busy time. Busyness means stress automatically. Even if I don't feel it, it's going to be stressful. That's a great way to prep your body to make the changes, whether it's mental changes, emotional changes, or physical changes. That's a great way to kind of let yourself know you're going to be stressed. And I think that yeah. everything you said was so spot on. If you're married, you have extra responsibilities and burdens aside from just your job. Like I think mentioning communication with your spouse is so essential in eliminating stress before it even starts. Or oh, yeah, not eliminating it, but, you know, helping with coping through it, I guess. And one of the things that was hard for me, and it sounds like, you know, we both have had to learn through this, was learning how to balance being a wife, a homemaker, and um, a business yeah. owner during busy seasons especially. So having discussions about what you have coming up definitely helped set up both parties for success, like Chad and myself. So like, I think we did a similar thing. I think you're probably better at it than than I am because I I always kind of forget to, in my busy seasons, it kind of comes. I've done it one out of two years, so we'll see. (laughs) No, but it's so important. And like discussing what the roles in the house are going to be during those busy times. A lot of stress comes also, I've noticed, from guilt of not doing a good job. So like if you've communicated roles, yeah, it also helps you know how much work you have to do so you can schedule your workout. Like, and then you're more likely to get it done. And then, you know, there you go. When it's all on your shoulders and you know you're not going to get it all done, and then you're stressed out about how long your to-do list is, and then you're stressed out about guilt of not getting it done, it's just, it's so much. 
So above all, it is your responsibility, I think, to do what you can to relieve your stress physically, but also to communicate, you know, and try to set up um, like, yeah, a good way to run the house and run your relationship even while stress is happening. Um, And if you let it build up because you aren't giving yourself breaks, then you're going to get, you know, snappy and um, it's going to be your fault for not taking care of yourself and, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah, that kind of goes into – because like I said, the stress is never – really gonna disappear I mean hopefully one day but you know it's more so just preparing that it's gonna happen and again I'm not talking necessarily about like the chronic stress that Beth and I were talking about earlier where that's a whole situation but now I'm kind of talking about that can happen with our industry for sure but um I guess what I'm talking about currently is like has potential to be chronic stress because it's six months out of the year that I'm busy but anyway like it's not as bad of a situation as before but when I am experiencing the stress communicating through the stress so we talked about communicating before the stress but now communicating through it like something else I try to do if I do get snappy with Chris because it happens absolutely he's so nice and I'm just like I'm just mm-hmm. like bah! you know like I'll snap yeah. at him immediately I I have to correct myself and say I am not mad at you I'm just feeling a little bit stressed about work like yeah something will happen maybe we're getting ready to go to the store and I like something's in my way and I kind of go like bah! and he'll look at me and I say this is nothing you've done. I'm not mad at you. I'm, I have this going on at work and I'm feeling a little bit stressed about it. And I, and I apologize because even though I'm in a stressful season, it doesn't give me the right to be mean or to say like, well, you have to deal with my stress. I took on a stressful job. You have to deal with it. This is just how I'm going to be. No, sorry. I snapped at you. This isn't towards you. Apparently I'm feeling stressed and I need to deal with that right now is like, and that sounds quite structured, but that's like essential to getting to getting me through it or else like honestly I might just be kind of mean like and, and I don't want to be that way wow exactly oh my gosh I love that it comes down to literally separating yourself from the stress and separating your spouse from the stress and saying like this isn't because of my spouse it's not about him or her um yeah I don't get to take it out on them because we can truly feel like it is about them in the moment about the small thing they right. did or didn't do I struggle with that a lot I go no it is it is about this issue it is about you but mm. that's that's not the case stress is going to make but you know it's not yeah and again this is why we're trying to teach you how to identify if you're stressed because none of this will work if you can't identify if you're stressed short-term stress or long-term chronic stress you have to be able to identify it if you don't think you're stressed then you can't help your stress levels and like you said apologies are really important sometimes you don't realize you're stressed until you snap you know, I love what you said. You're like, oh, apparently I'm stressed. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't about you. Apparently I'm stressed. That, sometimes that's what it's yeah. going to be. Sometimes you are not going to realize it until you've just overreacted and you're like, okay, apparently I am stressed. I'm like, that's such a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, I even had a situation last week where, again, I keep bringing up um, Chris and my marriage because like I said, that's yeah. like the main if I was alone, I would just be stressed and alone, but it wouldn't be that big of a deal because I'd be alone. I wouldn't be snapping at anybody, <laughs> which would be awful because, yeah, anyway, um, this is kind of like a reoccurring theme too is like I'll be stressed and Chris will say a sentence and I'm like, oh, you're right. Everything's fine. Yeah. Like just so level-headed, which is really nice. But um, last week, actually, we were getting ready to go on, on a date and actually like a nice date for the first time in a while. Oh. In a while, like we really don't eat out very much. So we were like – and uh, so we're like getting ready. We like dress all nice. We're getting ready to go. And I was about to close my computer for the whole evening, which was like 
lovely because I've had some like later work nights lately, which is all good. But I it was like 6 p.m. and I was like, close my computer nice. for the day. Like, ooh, here we go. And I got an email from a client that made me a little nervous. Um, and it was it's fine actually. A week has passed and the situation has ended up being fine. But in the moment, um, uh, yeah, it wasn't a big deal at all. It was just a small mistake on my end that I had made in a gallery. And she was letting me know. The client wasn't even mad. She was like, oh, just so you know, I've already fixed it. But like this just kind of like transferred wrong on the gallery. Like it was a tech issue. It wasn't even my bad at all. Mm. But it like, I immediately let it go to my head and stress me out because my head started going like, that's not a good client experience, blah, blah, blah. And we were just getting ready. We were just about to start getting ready for a nice date. Two years ago, me would have let that just ruin the evening would have been like, like, I'll go, but now I'm stressed because there's more I could be doing to better this situation for next time or whatever. But uh, last week when it happened, I just like, I just went up to him. I closed my computer. I went over and I was like, just so you know, I know we're getting ready to go out. I just got an email that kind of upset me a little bit. It made me a little nervous, but I don't want to carry that into our date. So can I talk to you about it real quick and like get my stress out so that we can go and have a nice evening? And he was like, yeah, like I was like, I need to talk about it and feel stressed for a moment so that I don't carry it into like this date that we're going to have. And like, and I I definitely do not do that every time I'm stressed, by the way, but I was like kind of proud of myself for that moment last week of like, Let's like get it out and talk about it so that I don't carry it. Because a couple of years ago, I would have just carried it and not talked about it. Oh, so. I love that. Well, and I love it because you are also identifying that it's causing you stress. And so even if you, yeah, even though you know it's like getting resolved, you still want to then resolve the stress and then carry yeah. on. I love that. And that's so good to have that foresight and understanding that sometimes you have to talk these things through before they're happening or as they're happening. That's a really great way to kind of mitigate stress. Um, and that's the other thing with stress and overstimulation. It can set you up to believe that every situation is so dire and needs your immediate yeah. attention. But sometimes it just takes a few minutes of thought to realize it's not actually like that bad, or at least it's something that even if it is kind of bad, it's something you can deal with, something you can handle. Most situations with stress are not as bad as you think they are at least in the long run yeah well and that's the thing we got back from that date or actually like I didn't check my emails anymore and the next day I like opened it back up and looked and I was like oh this is super fixable right like you just have to step away and yeah so that kind of rounds out my first piece of advice I know that was kind of a lot but that was in general my first piece of advice was to communicate what you need um, to yourself, even I, I keep bringing it back to marriage, but like to your family, if you live with your family while you're doing this or to yourself, what do you need going into this season of stress and then be willing to correct it as the stress is is going on. Again, this doesn't mean you get to say like, I just get to be awful to everyone around me for six months because it's busy season, but like establish yeah. what you might need during this time and be willing to correct yourself within it to step back from the stressful situation or maybe come back to it because sometimes in stress, it's hard to realize you're being mean, but come back and be like, hey, like, you know, yes. this happened. So overall, communication is like a huge one to me with improving that because it sets you up later. Like I said, entering the season with my husband being like, hey, I'm about to enter this stressful time immediately made it less stressful than trying to pretend everything was fine, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. Um, and then a final point in relation to marriage and this whole thing Um so counseling is always great. Like that's something that I had to learn through counseling. Therapy is always totally fine and great. Sometimes it will take a professional or a third party to help you identify True. things and identify that you're stressed. And these aren't like issues in your marriage. It's just stress. 
Um, or maybe you don't have anger issues. Maybe you're just overstressed and like, you know, something I had to learn. Um, so you can go individually or together is best too. So just little point to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I guess I keep leaning towards fixing it internally, which is like good if you can, but absolutely. Like some situations require absolutely an outside party, um, therapy or counselor or whoever to help you work through that. Cause it's, yeah, it's hard. So no, I love that you threw that in. Yeah, I know I wouldn't have been able to identify the chronic stress if someone hadn't pointed it out to me. So, okay. Anyway, so I think as we're talking about this and talking about navigating stressful situations with yourself and with your loved ones and learning about if you're lashing out due to stress, um, we have to talk about improving the situation so that it doesn't stay like that forever. While it's understandable that stress happens as a business owner or honestly stress happens, you know, of course to anybody – Um, and you're not always going to be perfect. We believe that continuously striving to be the best you you can be and eliminating stress as much as you can is possible and it's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there are actions you can actually take. Like I said earlier, there's control you can take to improve your workflow as a business owner or to improve your life and your daily routines that can um, take a lot of stress out of your life. Um, Like I said, I'm even looking at that right now as I'm in probably the busiest season of mine yet. Mm -hmm. While I love being busy and I'm so blessed to have consistent work, like that's what I've been building over the last couple of years, it definitely gets stressful. And I don't love the cycle. Um, This is just like a side project I'm kind of thinking about. I don't love the cycle of a very slow and kind of financially scary season. People with like ebbs and flows in their business will get it. Sometimes December to February, not you don't hear a peep yeah. about income or anything. And it's a little scary, which can be stressful. And then jumping into an overwhelmingly busy season, that back and forth can be hard. So it's just making me think about other ways I can scale my business, not scale up or scale down, but like, okay, this is obviously not very fun to be super slow for three months and then super busy for the rest of the year. What's like, how can I distribute this better? What can I do? And it just kind of gets me thinking almost creatively on like, this is the problem. What are changes? Again, I'm talking about business here, but like, what are changes I could make um, with this? Should should I scale my business a little differently if this is really affecting me? Mm-hmm. Um And not to say, like, I know not everyone has the option to, like, take on less work as, like, a freelance business, totally. But if you can, like, play around with that a little bit and get a good work-life balance going based on how you scale, um, be willing to look at that. That might not be the solution, but look back and think, am I overworking my own self? Am I financially okay but still working overworking myself, I suppose? Right, exactly. You have to be willing to have some insight into yourself and your business as much as you can, um, kind of prioritizing trying to have that insight. And if you find yourself working morning to night into the early hours of the morning, late at night, uh, if your physical and mental health start to suffer, if you start seeing these things that Ayla and I kind of explained can be symptoms of too much stress, then it's definitely time to reconsider some aspects of your business. Decide what kind of work you can outsource, hire an employee, maybe turn down some work. And by the way, if you want to turn down work, you got to raise your prices, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And that's a huge one. I was going to maybe get into it, but then that's like a pricing discussion. But yeah, if you're like overworked and not making the money from it, uh, you got to raise your price. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. And that can be really hard, especially if you tend to have people pleasing tendencies. Uh 
it can be super hard to be like, I can't take that on again in life outside of work, but it should be expected, especially in the photography industry. There's a reason you see photographers close their books. Eventually there's only so much one human being can do. I've seen some photographers close their book for the close their books for the year and sometimes leave themselves a month within their busy season that has no weddings so that they can catch up on the weddings they have. doesn't mean you have to drop everything, but being willing to make some change will definitely directly affect your stress levels. I'm actually, I'm getting ready to go out of town at the time we're recording this. So I let my photographers know that I'm getting ready. And for some of them, and, you know, wrapping up the work they have so that they are able to like have a two week break in my editing before I come back. So I was like, all right, what work do you have leading up? What can we do? And as much as I would love to just take every single wedding everyone has left, I physically can't edit 10 weddings in five days. So I had to, with some people say, I can take this, not this. And the people pleaser in me had such a hard time with that. But now like I've got it blocked in, I've got it scheduled. It works out just better for everybody. So it can be hard if you tend to just say yes to everything to set some of those boundaries. But I feel like that's a pretty common lesson to learn is sometimes there's peace in that in that no. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Some solid points there. So I want to take that that you were saying and also talk about changes you can make to your health and your self-care that can also directly affect your stress level. So now we're kind of on yes. to we've talked about what stress looks like for us, our journeys with stress, identifying stress. And now let's talk about how you can affect your stress levels, even whether or not you are good at identifying your stress you're probably stressed and you need to do something about it. Like that's the thing you can yep. identifying your stress is the first step. Acknowledging your stress is the first step, but you have to do some things about it. Um, okay. Yep. And I'm talking about self-care that's beyond like a bath and a face mask. I mean, those things are fun, but, and they're great tools, but we're talking about like nourishing yourself, moving your body, mm. caring for your home, caring for your marriage. These things are important, arguably more important than your career. But sowing some energy into these things that are important can and should in turn also eliminate some of the stress you're feeling. So, okay, so try this out. All right, so photographers, next time you feel like you're drowning in editing or behind on downline, on on deadlines and same editors, same thing, just back up from your computer, go to another room, and here are some things you can do. These are things that will actually work. Um, exercise hard for a few minutes, okay? Go outside. We know that nature is proven to reduce stress swim. I'll go into that in a minute. Go spend a few minutes with your spouse. Tell them how much you love them. Organize something. Like if, if you're a, a like a clean freak like me, organize a freaking closet. Like get get some stuff done. Um, seriously. So do something that sews into your life outside of work and then come back to your work. So I recently, and I mean very recently, discovered how much an effect water has on my stress levels. And I'm not talking about drinking it. I'm talking about swimming in it. So I was super mm. stressed a few weeks ago to a point that I, I rarely get to. So I was like unable to focus and I was actually almost panicky all day. Just a very, Mm -hmm. it was a very tangible stress, which obviously, you know, stress doesn't get like that for me very often. So So if it does, it's like, it's weird. And it, that's where like, because I had extra levels of stress of stress or something else was going on. But either, either way, I couldn't make decisions. I couldn't focus for a single email. I mean, it was legit, it was murder all day. And at the end of the day, Chad and I went diving and we had like maybe 30 to 40 minutes before sunset. We like booked it, just went diving really fast, went swimming. And holy cow, like when I got out of the water, my mind was literally more clear and clean and empty than it 
first of all, had been all day, but then it had been in a long time. I started to get those feelings of the stress physically being removed from my brain. It's very rare for me to feel because I don't do a lot of the things, the physical things that you should do to relieve stress. And so I think that we should kind of make, because I know, Ailey, you do something really good that physically relieves stress that I want, you know, that you're going to talk about. But just physically relieving stress or relieving stress takes some very physical actions. Oh my gosh, absolutely. That makes me, oh, I miss living by water. Not the ocean, but like a lake uh, for that reason, actually. Like specifically, I'm going to talk about your physical health coming up here, but specifically something about water, like just being in there. It's like you're flying and you just are like, like, oh, like I feel like that specifically, there's got to be a science behind that for sure. Just about to say like, I mean, there's probably so many things and there's also probably a lot of like, um, conspiracy theories around it but like I am actually a believer that water can like kind of hold energy in some ways like that sounds kind of like voodoo and like weird sciency but like and I don't have all the science behind it but yeah I think water can literally pull certain stress and energy out of you like in a very like scientific way it's not just like oh I feel happy when I'm in the water like no this is so strong there's something there there's something else there so yeah yeah and Going back to the beginning of your point before I go more into like physical stuff, just overall, like I'm a huge believer in little um, like resets throughout your work week. Uh, because again, I am, I'm not really that much of a neat freak. I will let my home go into like disarray mm-hmm. around me. Um because I'm not, I'm not like, we've talked about this before. I'm not really as clean as like you are naturally. I have to like really try to like be more organized and clean, but it's not like that doesn't stress me out. Like during busy season, I'll come Um, because I do work a part-time job along with doing this, I'll come home from that work and I go right into my work. I don't maybe, or I cook breakfast and I go right into my work. I might not clean up after breakfast and then I go to make dinner because I have to feed myself, but I haven't cleaned up for breakfast. So I'm like, so I push the breakfast stuff aside, make dinner, don't clean up dinner because I go right back to work. And then the next day when it's time for breakfast again, my mess from the day yesterday is there. How is that supposed to not stress me out? Like it absolutely does. So I'm a huge believer in little midday resets, do a quick little clean. It may bother you to leave your work and go do something else, but then you've got a clean house and you come sit back and like, there's nothing around you bothering you. So I'm a huge, huge believer in that. And it's worked for me because I'll just, I'll let it turn into disarray around me and then make me feel worse. But yep. And sometimes guys, I have to, when I talk about, oh, go for a little date or go for um, a little whatever, I have to force myself to step away. And sometimes the first like five minutes where I've decided I'm done working sucks. Like sometimes I close my computer and I'm like, this is stupid. I have so much to do. And then by the time I'm in my car going to get Dairy Queen with Chris, I'm like, oh, like, wow, everything's fine. You know, it's that first few minutes for me, at least. I don't know if anybody else can resonate with that, but um cool I want to wrap up this point of like improving your stress with uh something I've been getting really passionate about for the last couple years but like Beth said physical exercise and so Beth for you you said it was swimming and you've like learned that about yourself recently like oh if I can just go get in the water that helps and swimming's a huge point of exercise um kind of a different conversation but like weight loss it's really good for that because um it can it doesn't feel as hard as doing other things, but you're the you're still working against the water, but it's also carrying you. Like there's really good stuff with that. But Chris and I have been really in 2023 actually. So recent for me too. We made a huge shift in our physical and like food health because like 
uh, somebody might meet me now and see that we go to the gym four to five days a week and we eat super clean and and we don't drink any alcohol during the week and we don't drink any soda and be like, wow, you guys are so not this time last year. We were nuts. Like we were eating whatever we wanted, snacking however we wanted. We had a gym membership. We'd maybe go once a week, maybe. But we kind of went months without going, still paying for this membership, not going, eating however, um, always having to get like a beer or two with dinner, which is fine. Like when we would go eat out, that's what we would do. And not saying there's a problem with that. But like if you want to get into exercise, alcohol directly affects that, which I have like a huge thing to talk about. So that was like us this time last year. And then again, also this time last year, I was in another busy season where I was like, I can't handle this. I'm so stressed. So then the new year came around and we were like, we we need to get back into the gym. Yeah. Like we're done, like full stop. Switched gyms, got a new membership, which made a huge difference, and then, like, super cleaned up our eating. And just out of, like, not, like, we have to be healthy. Like, food was starting to just, like, disgust us. Wow. And we were like, I don't like eating chips anymore. I don't like this. So, like, cha- like it came to this point of not feeling super great. And then now, now I can't do it without the gym. And now I, like, actually can't deal if I oversnack. Because we still snack. But if I eat, like, the amount I used to eat, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this doesn't feel good. But anyway, um we make a big point of going to the gym and as often as possible that cannot be skipped anywhere from three to five times a week is fine. Like, you know, there's some room to kind of like ease off of it, let it go. That's changed the game for me. Um, and the in case anyone's curious on what I do in the gym, Chris and I weight lift. Yeah. Um, I don't really do because people might think I go run. Ooh, I don't like running. No, <laughs> I do not no. like. I should. I should start to do like more cardio again because there's really great benefits for that for your heart and stuff. But uh, I like to pick up heavy stuff, so I do weightlifting, and it's given me this sense of. Um, I'm not a fitness expert, by the way, so this is not a fitness advice column, but. Um, I've noticed it gives me a huge sense of accomplishment at least one time a day. If I can go in and pick up a slightly heavier big circle than I could pick up last week, <laughs> gives me this huge sense of accomplishment. Like, oh, that's right. Like I'm getting strong. I'm eating well. And now I'm getting strong. And that like, whew, and it's a huge rough rush of endorphins wow. going into the rest of my work week. So sorry, this is the actual point I'm about to make. I kind of just went on no, no. a rant about the gym in general, but um you know, we try to go multiple times a week. There's some days where I'm busy, so I don't want to go. And I tell Chris, like, I don't think I'm going to make it to the gym today. Like, I, you know, I don't have the time. And sometimes it's true. Sometimes, like, I actually have a deadline and it's like that is more, you know, important. Yeah. But most of the time I'm making it up that I can't go. And this happened again last week or maybe two weeks ago. Um, I like didn't want to go, didn't want to go. And Chris was like, come on, like, let's just go. We don't have to go for a super long time. Let's just go. And I go and I have a super nice workout, like weights moving really well. I'm feeling really good. And it's this rush of actual endorphins and dopamine that happens and a sense of I've checked something off the list. I've wow. accomplished something. I, I come back home, take a shower, get clean, reset, and I come back to my computer and the work just goes like, brrr, like just wow. fires off faster than it was Amazing. earlier that day. So now I can't live without it. I don't know what I would do <gasps> if we weren't like active Man. in the gym. I can actually... Like there was, I don't remember what was going on. I think it was more the beginning of the year. I was working from home full time and I went a good five days without going to the gym and I could feel my body like deteriorating and just like withering away sitting at my desk and I can't handle it. I like have to move one, one time a day now and it resets my day. So like 
no, guys, like, do not, I, I don't care if you've never <laughs> been in the gym. I don't care if you don't like running. You got to move your body. You have to. I don't care if you do 10 minute stretches on your living room floor. If you go for a walk around the block, if you swim, if you don't live near the ocean, but you have a pool, if you, I can keep going. There are so many ways you can move your body every single day that scientifically reduce stress. And I know you probably heard that in health class in high school, exercise reduces stress. There is so much science backing that up. But even without the science, I can tell you right now, there's days I'm stressed. I don't want to go move my body, but I get away from my computer. I go do it. And also (laughs) I could argue that like doing exercise, like weightlifting, something that's hard that I don't always want to do, but getting through it, it channels like challenge and it challenge it and it channels overcoming and it helps me get some anger out that I might be feeling about my job. Like I might be, yeah, I might be not vibing with my job some days, but I get to go and I like, yeah, move something heavy. And I just like, like, it's almost a very masculine thing that can happen, but it gets some anger out. It gets kind of cathartic. And then I come home and I've released some of that stress. So huge on moving your body. Yeah. If there is one thing. I could go off. I could make so many episodes about this, but. No, I love it. If there is one thing that I hope, I think there's like, yeah, if this is one thing that people take away from this episode and like put into their lives, I hope it's this that you're saying right now, because this is so important. It makes such a big difference. Like you're saying, even if you haven't been able to learn how to identify your stress, going to the gym is going to help your stress. Just go, just go. Even if you're, even if you've never been stressed a day in your life, just, just start going. (laughs) Even if you think you're not stressed. Well, and what you said about now you can't live without it. If that doesn't tell us how important it is, then I don't know what will. Once you realize how much it affects your body, once you do it, you'll realize how stressed you were or you'll realize how much you need it. And like you said, it doesn't, to be fair, it doesn't have to be the gym. I think it should be the gym. I do miss the gym, but for me, swimming has, has yeah. taken, you know, kind of like precedent over that, which is fine. And it was interesting. Well, and I understand it's costly for yeah. sure to go like, well, worth yeah, it. It's worth it. Stuff. It's worth it. But yeah, I hope if anybody gets anything out of this, I hope at the least, at the very least that it's what you're saying about forcing yourself to go because you need it. And it's interesting when you were talking about exercise, gym, swimming. Um, quick note, I forgot to say, um, the reason swimming I think affects me so much, you know, when I was talking earlier and earlier today about like when I had to do the exercise to think back on the last time that I was unstressed and it was like in junior or like it was in high school, junior year. And it was a activity that was like in water. It was with my friends at the lake. And then when I think back to all of my happiest and least stressed times in my life, it was specifically with me being submerged in the water. Like you and I, our summers Mm -hmm. as kids being in the lake, rock diving, running underwater with the rocks, like there's something about water. I think it probably would be that way for everyone, but especially for me that I, I need Mm -hmm. my body needs. It needs to be swimming more than I thought. And it was something that I maybe am recently discovering being able to put it into words. But when I look back my whole life, the most important moments, yeah, yeah, have been the most uh, unstressed moments. The happiest moments have been when I've been submerged in water anyways. And well, I guess like something else with that is I, I've also noticed recently, this is very common for women, but I also carry stress physically in my back Mm. and my upper back and like shoulders. And I think that's common Mm -hmm. for women, men, men, um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but men can carry their stress in their head and get like headaches and stuff. And women, it'll go on their neck and shoulders, which can also become headaches, but like men, it'll be more in the front. And it kind of depends. It can vary person to person, but I 1000% get so tight in my upper back and shoulders when I'm stressed so again, with swimming, 
yeah. your weight's all like being carried. So oh, I, I like wonder. That. I didn't Beth and I are discovering that. things as we're speaking. Oh, we're <laughs> learning from each other. I love this. We're learning from yeah. each other. And that's actually a good point. Now that I think about it, I because you know my stress manifests itself in anger, and I carry my anger in my arms and my hands really strongly. Like my my literally really? my biceps. Um, no, so I carry my anger. So therefore, my stress really strongly in my arms like so strong like people used to tell me when I was stressed like or angry cl- to run, like you clench like or like I need to I need to clench I need to like hit things that's why I like oh, I used yes. to do kajikembo when I was a little kid and so like combat is really good for me when I'm stressed because mm-hmm. I need to like hit things and people used to tell me to run when I was stressed that was the biggest load of crap ever I running <laughs> running makes my stress yeah. worse because I'm exercising a part of my body that doesn't need it and it makes me more stressed I need to hit things or I need to do like you said weight well, that's right yeah you, you go big into punching stuff like a punching bag punching yeah, that's what you need you need like <laughs> not pun- you didn't break anything but no, I remember yeah. that very much about I, yeah, you I got a you punching like, bag like- in college I was one yeah because yeah. I, I, I my stress and my or my anger again one in the same usually it is all right here just right in my in my upper arms wow. and then of course my hands too I have very like my hands I think I I just carry a lot in my hands as weird as that is like I need to when I'm oh, nervous I need to be fidgety mm-hmm. when I'm stressed I need to do things it also goes with productivity I think I have a big need for productivity so anyway so right so that but that's why I was also going to say I I really wish we could go to the gym together. I wish I wish Ayla and I lived close Me together too. because we did we well, we like the same kind of exercise. We would just weight lift till the day is done. Who who cares about running? Yeah. We don't need to touch treadmills. Let's just go. Let's just go lift weights. But you know, I was telling Krista, I was like, I wish Beth and I could go to the gym together so much because I remember you and I we were we were about to go together and yeah. then we both moved away. I know, <laughs> stupid, but um. I was telling you how I was getting really into weightlifting mm-hmm. and you were like, really? Like I, I would know. And now, now I know what to do. It's been a couple of years and now I like know the things that I could show you. Oh, yes. and it would be so fun. And I actually, I had a, uh, oh, this is, we've gotten, we'll come back. We'll come back, <laughs> we'll come back actually, to our points. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I work with some people who um, either go to the gym or are active in it. And then when I just hear that somebody else has entered the gym, it makes me so happy. Aww. This is another podcast topic I want to do, but I want to talk about like getting over anxiety about going to the gym mm. because like we shared before, I think at some point, um, that really scared me. I thought you wouldn't yeah. catch me dead in the gym because of like certain social anxiety that I had, but now it's like my favorite place to go. Wow. Like no stress, no worry. Like nothing like that. And I think that I could see that for a lot of people. Cause I know you and I talked about that. You're like, I don't know, it would make me kind of nervous because we've talked about like crowds can sometimes be hard for you, but like, I think you'd love it. I think you'd be exactly like me where like get in there. And once you knew what you were doing, you'd walk in and like be the gym queen, the queen of the gym. (laughs) But yeah. Anyways, I get so excited when I hear somebody's gotten into that, especially weightlifting because that's what I do, but really anything that gets you and like gets your body moving and then with that you kind of discover this this sub genre well not sub genre it's a very big genre in the fitness industry but just into um like supplements and stuff yeah. and not like crazy mm-hmm. like you don't need it but just how does your body change if you up your protein yeah. in a day what can creatine do for you what can your vitamins do for you and just like other health and wellness things that yeah a lot of stuff comes back to stress and that's another yeah, big part of that. So exactly. I get excited when other people start to get into that. No, exactly. Well, and like we said, we promise that we will wrap this back around for you. This all <laughs> relates because the one thing I want to wrap up in regards to doing something physically to relieve your stress, I want to explain a little more. Ayla, you said there's a real science behind exercise helping with stress. And so Ayla and I were researching this a little bit more 
and, you know, watching some videos, you know, doing some research and uh, we want to explain the science behind it. So your muscles secrete chemicals and proteins when you exercise that are actually really good for your brain and your health or for your brain health, actually, because we're talking about Mm -hmm. that. Um, Anything you do that contracts your muscles releases chemicals into your bloodstream that go to your brain that help make you resilient to stress, resilient to depression and to trauma. So papers written, like, I think it was like even up to like 10 years ago, um, call these hope molecules, which is kind of a fun name, like yeah, hope molecules. Yeah. Um, so what it is, is your muscles are manufacturing antidepressant like chemicals. And the only way to get them are to contract your muscles. This is why exercise is so good for stress and why certain types yeah. of exercise make you feel so good in regards to yeah. relieving your stress. Yeah. And there's something else I've been getting into as far as like your muscles. Oh, and like you said, you have to contract them. So the muscles aren't just going to release it by you sitting around. Again, swimming, walking, weightlifting, anything that activates your muscles, your muscles are like their own little pharmacy and they've got most of the things that you need. You just have to know how to use them. And then something else I've been researching lately, I'm not an expert on this, so like do not quote me, but the difference between um, your dopamine and your serotonin, because people kind of use those uh, interchangeably as like your happy chemicals, but they're quite different. Dopamine is like the rush chemical. Mm -hmm. That's what you get. Um, You do get lots of dopamine by exercising. You get a huge rush of dopamine and um, you'll feel euphoric, you'll feel accomplished, you'll feel happy. You also get dopamine from playing video games from, which I'm Mm -hmm. a big video game fan. So like not knocking video games, but like you get it from your phone, you get it from movies, from video games, quick stimulants. You get it from TikTok, from scrolling reels. It's just a dopamine factory, but that's your short term happy feeling. Mm. Dopamine's a rush. Serotonin is the chemical you need every single day circulating your system. Um, That's what antidepressants are made of SSRIs, which are something serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They, I forget the first word, (laughs) former psych student, but forgot the actual thing of what it's called. But that, the idea that is to continue circulating your serotonin because Mm. that's what keeps your main, your brain at, um, balance. Wow. So typically people suffering from depression have a problem with their serotonin. They're either not making enough or it's not circulating properly. But serotonin is the long-term like happy chemical. So dopamine, you can get from lots of little things, but things again like exercise and diet. Exercise gives you a rush of dopamine, but over time, if you change your exercise, you're likely changing your diet and you're likely changing the fresh air you get. That all affects your serotonin, which is long-term yeah. happiness that eliminates stress. So that was like not on our notes at all. Sorry for going on the tangent, but that was just like another thing. Um, you want more than just the short-term rushes of happiness, but things that actually boost your serotonin, which I is your long-term. That. That's perfect. Good point. Love it. I think that's great. I think we can honestly leave cool. it at that because that says everything. For sure. I think we need to say. Um, perfect. So we'll kind of just kind of wind down in, into our conclusion now. Um just overall, we think it's crucial when you're experiencing any type of stress, especially long-term stress, to keep all these things in mind. Uh, like we said, it can disguise itself on so many different levels and in so many ways. So think about everything we've talked about today and really find out if it's something you might be going through and see if you can implement any of these lifestyle changes or any of these um, tips to help you with it. Yeah. Registering that fact and then proceeding forward in it and communicating about it are the next steps. And then as well as taking care of yourself and your home. It feels like we barely even scratched the surface on how important 
these things are taking care of yourself in your home when it comes to stress. So uh, let us know what you guys thought about it. Um, we're not saying things like this will magically just cure all of your stress. Like we said, stress is just a byproduct of life, but it's a great start to help balance your work and your personal life. And if you're married, your married life too. You may need to make some big changes if you're experiencing experiencing intense stress like what we've talked about. And that can be scary, but I'm telling you right now, it's necessary and important. Mm-hmm. We'd love to continue this conversation with you. So if this episode resonates with you, please let us know your thoughts, message us, or comment on today's episode post to on our Instagram at Art of Intention Podcast. And you can always find us on all the places where you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Zencaster. If you're loving what you're hearing, we would love your five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It seriously helps us so much, and we just love interacting with you all in that way. And we cannot wait to hang out with you all again next week. Bye. Bye.